0: Blog Talk Radio. Firefly Willows LIVE presents The Amethyst Oracle Divination with a Queer Twist, featuring your hosts, Heisey Luckmers and Charlie Harrington.
1: The Amethyst Oracle.
2: Goes into life, death, and everything betwixt,
1: between, and, and, and beyond. Between and beyond. Between and beyond. With a twist. The amethyst horoscope, divination, divination with a queer twist. And, and now, here are your hosts, host, host,
2: Charlie Harrington and Heisey Wooten. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us this evening. My name is Heisee. I am joined by my esteemed co-host Charlie Harrington. Welcome. I thought was Good more of a steamy co-host.
3: Did I already do that joke oh. before?
2: <laughs> Why no? But it's quite appropriate considering that we go. just went into Leo today, oh, uh, steaming everyone and everything up. Yeah, that minx. I know, isn't it the truth? Just, just crawling all over that lion what's the best thing that can come out of Venus in Leo? Well, do you know? I'm going to I'm going to leave this a tease, which is actually very Leo oh. Venus in Leo. It's going to <laughs> up up the flirtation levels. It's probably going to raise the temperatures between chemical reactions when we are encountering others. And then I was thinking I will say a little more about it when we'd have our Living the Queer Life segment, because it just went in today, it goes through September 5th, and I think it will be very appropriate as kind of a backdrop to uh, what we look at for the upcoming month for people to take into account. So there's the tease. Oh, <laughs> you tease. Wonderful.
3: <laughs> How are you, I see?
2: I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm a little distressed by the... The state of the world right now, <laughs> with so many different things going on, but I'm I'm keeping my chin up and doing the best I can to try to send out the right kind of attitude and energy to at least counterbalance. A
1: lot I just of what's read going that we
3: on. I just read that we just lost Lauren Bacall. Oh, you didn't? Well, you yeah. know
2: how they say it always comes in threes. So I would oh, anticipate gosh. that we will probably have somebody else fairly within the next couple of days as well. It always wow. happens
3: that way. So. Gosh, hopefully and Coulter. Anyway, well, <laughs> <laughs> but on to divination, on to divination. Yeah, dark we, time. You know,
2: we, we, we really shouldn't wish for such things, but I suppose if there is someone we're going to wish that upon. <laughs> there we go. Why yes.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so speaking of trying to counterbalance things, you and I had quite the... Pleasure and, and good fortune to attend a couple of workshops last weekend, meaning the first weekend of August in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they were actually being taught or presented by our guest this evening, Yoav Bendov, who came all the way from Israel to do this. Uh, to these were her first workshops here in the United States. So, uh, one of the workshops the first day was on something called Therapy Cards, which is extremely popular in Israel, and on Sunday was on working with the Tarot, and in particular, I think, his his deck, his version of the Tarot de
3: Marseille. So, Hmm.
2: what were some of your impressions, some of the things that you took away that have stood out to you from that? Well,
3: I loved the way both Yoav and the his lovely co-host Carrie Paris um were able to creatively push the all the readers in the room out of their comfort zones in different ways, in very comfortable ways push us out of our comfort zones. Um <laughs> it's it's it's, a, it's possible to study the English sort of School of thought of tarot for a long time and try to really master that. But uh, studying both uh, Tarot de Marseille, I hope I pronounced that correctly. uh, Tarot de Marseille style tarot readings, but also uh, the therapy cards, as well as Carrie Paris's um, Magpie uh, Oracle, Magpie Keepsake, um, which hasn't come out yet. It was very exciting. Yes, I I neglected to mention that on Sunday, Carrie.
2: Both co-taught uh, mm-hmm. their workshop. Um, her incorporating the magpie oracle into the process. Um, and if people don't know the magpie oracle, just it's a collection of charms and trinkets. I guess you could say
1: mm-hmm. that
2: you that you toss um, oftentimes onto. Um, a grid, a a layout that has been created, and then you look to see what particular charms, because they each mean a certain thing, what uh, particular charms have fallen on what part of the grid or on what particular aspect that that diagram has for that particular layout. And so combining that with working with the tarot, uh, because Yoav's approach, which I really appreciated, was very um, open Rather than it being about interpreting a card or needing to know what a suit means or something like that, it was much more open in the sense of just being in that moment and what strikes you
3: about it, and just going from there. Mm-hmm. It was it was very cool, and I've often sort of suspected that tarot doesn't work because tarot works, but tarot works because divination works. So it's good to work with a system that isn't just unfamiliar to you, but doesn't have a set meaning in place. For example, so Carrie has uh, put tog- assembled these keepsake oracles um, with some thoughts into what you know, uh, making sure that there's uh, a lot of really iconic symbolism in it, but You know, it's she's not working from like the ancient Atlantean scroll of keepsake oracles. You know, she this is something that she's created, and it's something that developed. Well, we're not supposed to talk about these. That's right. (laughs) um, and just when you're working with something like that, it is it's about what is the message, and also you know, uh, with with using abstract cards like the uh, that. Yoav was showing us that there's not again, like someone created this. they might have an idea what it's about, but your idea you, you know your knowledge may vary. And it was very useful to kind of just try to become open to receiving messages and to um, not take the easy not take the easy answer, but to kind of see what where where things could go with the, the oracle. And also just um, the great thing about workshops is you get to see how the person next to you did it. You know? right. So it's, it's learning, well, learning it, in that way it, as well.
2: And it was really nice because it, it, it keeps you from getting stuck because I think when you're working with something that you know or that has at least at its foundation some kind of universal meanings or interpretations, you can get kind of stuck there and maybe mm-hmm. not see beyond that or be able to... To, to think outside of that box and then try to fit what that means to the question being asked rather than thinking completely outside of that to find what it's saying to the question and you mentioned the therapy cards and so just to explain to people a little bit of what those were it's it's using decks of cards that have more abstract imagery on them so that there isn't a necessarily a particular scene, although there isn't something technically you know, you don't buy like the therapy cards. It's just a term that is used really more for this process because apparently there are all sorts of decks in Israel that people are using, you know, for this. But let's say you had a deck of cards that was all abstract paintings by great painters, then you would put those out and you draw them, you can draw them, similar to like with a tarot reading, but you're using that image and letting it strike you and begin whatever process it does for you as the way of it leading you to what you need to know or what the response is or what guidance it has to offer regarding what it is that you were asking about or pulling it for. Hmm. Do do you think I'm explaining that correctly?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. It was was very unique and each set had its sort of different levels of uh, like, it was one set was just very abstract, and just colors and shapes, and then another set might be human figures or different, you know, but different, like, sort of, but without any, without having any kind of
4: overarching rhyme or, or narrative. Or yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. So you get to supply that. And what I found interesting about that, both with um, using... Uh, abstract images. I mean, you can make a de- an oracle out of any images that you love, um, and also using Carrie's keepsake uh, system um, is they didn't stay in the abstract. It's very easy with like a real high-minded sort of out there oracle to kind of just stay in these sort of tremendous big ideas about personal inner transformation, and not come back down to earth. And they both had techniques for that. For example, just so that our listeners can try something, um, Carrie, uh, if you go to Carrie Paris' website, she creates a lot of different uh, charts. And she had one based on the human body um, that we were using. And she just takes images and assigns meaning to parts of the images. So um, the hand held out in front of of the figure was, you know, what is coming, and then the hand uh, or what I'm willing to accept, and then the hand behind the figure was what I'm letting go of. So if you throw uh, either her oracle or anything you want, runes on, tarot cards, onto the image, you can sort of read, so these big, abstract, interesting ideas, but then kind of bring them back down to earth for an answer. You know, does that make a whole lot of sense right now
1: with the... It does. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: um, and I also really appreciated in the workshops that they were very interactive. It wasn't just sitting there kind of in your own little world, doing your own little thing, mulling over your own little life issues. But every step of the process, you were actually interacting with someone. And I really liked the way that he had us find somebody to work with each time because you would hold the card in front of you and walk around until you found someone where each of you, for whatever reason, responded to or were attracted to the card of the other. And so it it even allowed the process and the cards themselves to bring who needs to work together into each other's spheres. And then you had the opportunity to explore what each of those cards were indicating in some way both for yourself as well as for the other person uh, rather than just kind of getting lost in your own stuff. So I really also enjoyed that interactive process. And it's a very simple, just in the sense of not being complex process or complicated process um, that you can easily pick up very quickly and that you can easily incorporate into almost any group situation. to have her particular magpie oracle although we would certainly encourage you to visit her website and purchase one um, mm-hmm. but you can you can make divination out of anything so you can just you know look around you and see like go to the junk drawer and just grab a handful of stuff and then use that because we can associate or attach meaning or or have something symbolize something to us when we see it regardless of what it is Mm-hmm. Um, without it having to come from some, you know,
3: specific tradition or it's made for this or something like that. Yeah, and that type of divination, the throwing, the casting of the the objects, it has an ancient tradition as well, and it's I think it's attractive to a lot of readers out there. Um, the, the, the the physicality of it and the getting to sort of pore over all the little little the little things and mm-hmm. see what they might mean, and just to plug another. Person doing this kind of work, Michelle Jackson, um, who is Googleable. Um, I believe her okay. website is Shell's Bones and Curios. Uh, she has been doing a lot of work with bone readings, and the sort of starting from like a traditional African system of bone readings, but also she has a lot of objects and items that are personal to her or personal to the kinds of meanings that she's looking for. And um, I, was, um, I know. Carrie has corresponded with her and it's 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 a similar process and it, it it's, it's very personal and very intricate and you can go to the big ideas and you can go real deep down dive. So if you're looking at your tarot cards and they just don't seem to mean anything anymore, you've seen them too many times, you've maybe asked them the same question too many times, using a system like this can be very handy.
2: And using them together because they can start to build layers upon each other rather Mm. than having to be one or the other. And you kind of get Mm. that that physical, literal sense of that because if you have your tarot cards laying there from a reading and then you grab like the Magpie Oracle and you throw the things on top of it, you're actually literally adding a new layer because it's Mm -hmm. becoming very 3D in a sense from the cards of the 2D.
3: Absolutely. So we've been working with a tarot card in the, uh, from the Marseille, and then Carrie had us place it on the table in front of us and then throw the charms onto it and that could kind of give you more information uh, for example, I was reading with the Knight of Cups and the um, couple, like the symbol of, she had a, a small crown and that appeared on the cup that the Knight of Cups was holding, so that was interesting and significant what is this have to do with my personal sovereignty or personal authority this cup, this thing I'm searching for okay, that's interesting and then also she had little handcuffs that were super cute and they ended up being exactly on the uh, rider and the horse's legs sort of attaching them so I could see, okay, well where am how am I bound to this process you know, uh, so yes adding that extra, as you pointed literal layer onto the tarot card one, Uh, it it just helps you go deeper, go further, go in a different direction. And two, it looks cool, you know. It probably would really (laughs) impress clients if you're like, ah, but wait.
1: (laughs)
2: Right. Whatever. I mean, and the first thing I would say that, of course, is, well, who doesn't have little pairs of handcuffs laying around? Um, But, (laughs) and I think that the way, the reason it would appeal to clients is because there's something very, it taps into something very, ancient when you see people throwing you know bones or shells or something because it goes way way back i mean people have been doing that for many 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 thousands of years mm-hmm. and i think that just that that process and that sound it just taps into kind of that ancient memory that we carry in our reptilian brain mm-hmm. portion um that just you know, takes us right back to, oh, this is going someplace old and ancient and really tapping into someplace. Um, But I also like the fact that you brought up that we threw it onto the card because it means that anything can become your layout surface and being able to see how the, the pieces of the trinkets Interacted with the image and the things on the card itself was also really interesting because it may draw your eye or bring a a different interpretation or a different way of looking at or thinking about what something indicates in that card that you've seen a thousand times but suddenly put a crown on top of that cup and it's a completely different idea to you that you hadn't necessarily thought about before just because of that interplay between the, the two things so I would encourage people to not be afraid to mix and match different systems and see what happens when you start to put them together rather than always trying to decide well should I use this or should I use this for this question
5: use both
3: <laughs> go, go nuts and, um, right. and uh, for tarot readers in the English school of tarot reading it's good to go to the Marseille you know, uh, I have uh, just, uh, with Enrique Enriquez and Jov Bendov and Khodorovsky doing all of this interesting work with Marseille reading, um, it is a goldmine, especially if you spend a lot of time, you know, looking at the six of, you know, every six of swords has people in a boat, you know, <laughs> like, um, right. you know, and people are really wrapped up in, in, in particular meanings where... Whereas, you know, some of the people in the um, in the class we took were primarily Marseille readers, uh, some of them not from the United States. Uh, and for them, they noticed, like, yeah, English readers tend to get really hung up on the Three of Swords being sad, which I don't see it that way. You know, it was very interesting. Right.
2: Because that narrative isn't there. People that, that are so familiar with the, the Waitsmith imagery or anything derived from that. You know, uh, or or keywords, because even if you use the Thoth deck, there's keywords on those cards
1: mm. that
2: will immediately give you a particular feel for them. Uh, and so I, I was also really struck by the fact that a couple of people that had worked with the Marseille um, or tended for that to be, I guess, their primary deck came away from that workshop saying, for example, I'll never look at the magician card the same way again. So this this process that Yoav was doing and Carrie, you know, adding to, really helped to move people beyond how they were used to seeing cards that they worked with all of the time and were so familiar with to suddenly see them in a new light or approach them in a new way. And I think that's one of the really nice, Benefits and one of the really interesting aspects of the work that Yoav is doing, um, and that he really brings out, I think, in his book, uh, that he will talk about here momentarily with us. You know, uh, that, but I, I really appreciated the fact that it both of these things just pushed everybody in the workshop to step beyond and see the things they were used to seeing in a whole new light or in a whole different angle. Um, just not from anything fancy-schmancy, just from approaching and adding these almost subtle layers and and, uh, ways of doing it. Absolutely. So I'm thinking that maybe we will go ahead and start to hear from the man himself. Yeah, enough of us. Instead of us just talking about what we
1: did. Yeah, Yeah, let's have more of us, but with him.
2: Uh unless you have more to say about handcuffs uh,
3: anything you
1: um, really want to share I about
2: those
3: I as much as I'm comfortable with at this
1: oh, time
2: well,
3: All right so uh, let's find out what uh, happens as Venus gets further into Leo
1: <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> the further up the legs those handcuffs will go uh, All right so I think that we'll have a uh a, a quick little break and then we will be joined by our guest Yoav Bendov for a most stimulating and interesting conversation <laughs>
1: The first girl is a little bit of the last. She's a little bit a little of the last. She's a little bit of the a little of a of no
2: The Amethyst Oracle is excited to welcome this month's guest, Yoav Ben Do, physicist, philosopher, Tarot reader, and author of the book Tarot: The Open Reading. Yoav presented his first workshops in the United States at the beginning of August 2014 and joins us to talk about his version of the Tarot de Marseille, the intersection of Tarot and physics, his approach to doing readings, which he calls the open reading, and studying the Tarot and psychomagic with Alejandro Yodorovsky. Yoav Bendov was born in Tel Aviv, Israel and spent a part of his childhood in Ethiopia. He studied physics and philosophy of science at Tel Aviv University and did his doctorate on the philosophy of quantum mechanics in Paris 13 University. Yoav Ben Dove has lectured for 18 years in Tel Aviv and other universities. He is the author of the first Tarot book in Hebrew published in 1981 and studied Tarot and psychomagic with Alejandro Yudorowsky in Paris in the mid-1980s. He restored and published the CBD Tarot de Marseille and in 2013 published the book Tarot the Open Reading. So please join Charlie and High C in welcoming to the Amethyst Oracle, Yoav Ben
3: Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. We're very excited. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, both of us have really been enjoying your workshop series that you're teaching here in San Francisco. Thank Um, you. Can you tell us a little bit about what your uh, workshops are on here in San Francisco?
6: There are two workshops. One I'm doing with Kerry Paris, Uh, it's uh, about the the Tower de Marseille, my version. Them, but of course, Tao de Marseille is a whole world of uh, different versions and different uh, uh, designs, uh, all in the same strain. And uh, my way of reading, which is open reading. And uh, yesterday I did uh, one workshop by myself on therapy cards, which is a, a technique which is used widely in Israel today in therapy using picture cards, all sorts of picture cards, but more in therapy context than in divination or tarot, uh,
3: per se. And what is it about the Marseille deck that really appeals to you? This, In a way, this is a real tower.
6: because uh, you have the tower which uh, started at the 14th century, you have no idea how it really looked like, and you can say, okay, it was an initial attempt, something, a work of genius, because to put all these symbols together and that they would hold for so many centuries and move people for so many centuries, somebody must have had uh, really a nice idea in head. But it's not yet finished. It evolves. And for 400 years, until the end of the 18th century, people change this detail, modify a little this one. Uh, the moon, for example, it looks uh, in your face at the early versions and then in the 17th century they start to show him in profile and it catches on and other things don't catch. So it is kind of evolution in the hands of many people and they perfect the symbols over hundreds of years until it reaches its, uh, its climax in the end of the 18th century. And this is a Tower de the So it's the most powerful. The images uh, have this magic in them of centuries of work uh, on them. And it's not yet self-conscious like in the 19th century. People don't project theories, mystical theories, on the cards like they would do with with the new decks. Wow, so I think... in
2: a way, it's the strongest images. And you know, moving from that time period to today, um, and we heard that you got a doctorate in the philosophy of quantum mechanics. Yes, um, and so. If we think of that today, and there's a lot, people make lots of correlations with the Tarot now, you know, with Kabbalah and astrology and numerology and all sorts of things. But you really seem to have an interest in kind of that intersection of physics and Tarot. So can you say a little bit about what you really discovered and what that has really drawn for you and where you've seen that intersection appear? Listen, for me,
6: it was two parallel ways, because I was studying physics... Uh, and I was interested in, in quantum mechanics, yeah, uh, because of this uh, mysterious, unclear aspect where consciousness comes into into uh, the the game of uh, observing matter, and you don't really understand uh, this connection with mysticism, with Oriental philosophy. So it's kind of opening from the most precise and most rational part of of science, of culture, yeah, physics. Atomic physics, okay. And Tao, I did not understand exactly what was going on. I felt the power. It is like the cards grabbed me at some early age and didn't release until today. Okay, So it's a fascination. It's a magic of of the cards. So I was go- doing physics and philosophy of science, and I was doing Tao, and uh, there was a lot of problems in the university because of this, because the scientists were very alarmed by by this cut, which just made me feel that, okay, there's something here, because why are all these professors so uh, concerned about it? If it's just nonsense, so, okay, that's nonsense. People believe in nonsense. But no, they were really alarmed by this. They really felt uh, menaced, and it was very strange to me. Finally, after many years, I realized that uh, from quantum mechanics, what I get is this feeling of mystery towards the universe. You cannot really understand because uh, the reality is something which is beyond your capacities. So what you do and what we do today in our complex world, and I think with the experience that we have in today's world, that everything is so complex, so uh, much information, contradictory information, everything is uh, on your screen, okay? So how do you deal with it? And the way to deal with it is not the rational, western way of trying to find one theory which will cover everything. No, it's too much for you. You cannot do it. Okay? Because you are limited. So what you have, you have different languages, different approaches. And when I realized this, and I understood that in tarot, in divination, in magic, you do the same thing. You have one world which is outside, the normal reality. Okay? Where objects are objects, and if you shuffle cards, they are just pieces of cardboard that you shuffle randomly. Okay, and you can do statistics on this. Okay, so here's one way of taking the world. This is one tool. Okay, but you miss something. You can't go into the soul. You can't do, go into the uh, the psyche, okay? to to our inner consciousness. And if you want this, you have to adopt a different worldview, where everything is a sign. Now, this card appeared, it's a sign. This card walked on the floor, it's a sign. When I drew this card, there was a noise outside, like in Jungian therapy, it's a sign. Okay? So everything is a sign, and now you interpret a sign, and you live in a world full of meaning. Okay? But you can't go out with it. If you go on the street and everything is a sign, you get crazy. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Japan noise. Okay? Overload, right?
6: Overload, yes. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, and even if it's not because it's Freud putting it in, in his, cutting the edge and putting it in his mouth, so you say, okay, it's not a cigar. No, 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 just now smoke it, okay? Because otherwise <laughs> you get crazy mm. analyzing all the time mm-hmm. uh, the symbols, okay? Mm. But if you just take the outside world view, you miss something that humanity is going, uh, is drawing forces, is is using for thousands, maybe tens of thousands of years. Okay, magic, divination, uh, symbolic thinking. Okay, these methods, not with cards, with other things. Okay, with stones, with uh, seashells, with uh, coins, whatever. Eh? This has been going on for thousands of years. There is no human. culture, which is without these techniques. So it's something very powerful. And you can use it for your private life, for your advancement, for getting it to more uh, uh, complex uh, 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 levels of consciousness. And people have been using it, so it's very powerful. And I believe in the power of tradition, that if people for hundreds or for thousands of years perfected something, Okay? Don't just throw it away and say, okay, I'm modern, I don't need it, okay? <laughs> I'm wiser than all this generation. Okay? Mm. You know something that they did not know, but you cannot beat the collective intelligence of thousands of years. So you have to respect it and ask yourself, what's going on there? How can I I don't need to adhere to the same models, to the same thinking, because I'm different. I'm living in this different world. But what can I draw from this? How can I reinterpret the old models in my own way, in my own language? And this is what I'm doing. So, in a way, it's like quantum mechanics, you say, is it a, a wave, is it a particle? No, the wave, the particles are just in your head. They are concepts. You project them on the world. Okay? The reality of an electron or of a light or what? Of a physical object is something which is beyond you, beyond your concepts. Okay? So you need to know when to switch from one vision to another. What can you get in each vision? So this way of thinking permitted me to, to do tarot and still keep the rationality of physics and be fascinated by both. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And in a way, I don't believe in either. I just practice. Yeah? <laughs> I, <practiced laughs> how, I practice I uh, practice physics or whatever, Yeah, and it's
3: okay. Love it. Um, Earlier you mentioned uh, therapy cards, which you said are very popular in Israel. And one of my favorite activities yesterday was when uh, you spread out for the participants in the workshop a number of cards with abstract images and allowed people to, you know, colors and patterns, but no figures. And you allowed people to select a card that represented something that they were experiencing or a question they might have. Um, it was fascinating. I was wondering if you could explain what this technique does that a tarot reading won't be able to do.
6: Listen, a tarot reading is something which is one-sided, okay? I am uh, the reader, so I'm supposed to know the cards, to know the stories about the symbols, to have experience with what this card could mean, okay? So the person is coming to me like in the old days of uh, going to the, to the... Uh, uh, fortune teller mm-hmm. okay? and I'm supposed to give him the answers okay so this is and sometimes this is what people need they just need somebody to to listen to to analyze to to get ideas from a different level of uh, of consciousness or of thinking from the cards I don't know yeah? <laughs> whoever is on the other side <laughs> and, the out there. Uh, yeah and uh, they need it but uh people also can find the answers within themselves. And here, Tao is intimidating. Uh, If you don't do some practice of releasing people, sometimes they do it, it's like in gibberish or laughter yoga, just release people and then they can read. Mm -hmm. But they feel that they should know something. And they feel that they should accept mysticism in order to enter. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in a normal therapy context, it's problematic. Because people come from psychology, they try to be scientific. Okay? And when you say "tao" is challenging to scientific yeah. mind. Okay? They think you Cuckoo. Uh, so they wouldn't touch it. They would be too afraid that they would be considered not, uh, mm-hmm. not uh, uh, serious. Uh, doing cards which are images, you can speak about it in psychological terms. There's still the the mystery because sometimes this card turns when you didn't pick it consciously and uh, sometimes you meet somebody else to 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 speak with and it turns out that he has some uh, unfinished business with you from 30 years ago that you did not about. I have some stories about it. It's really very strong. But you don't have to put it on the table. You can just say, listen, now we are going to do some psychological exercise, okay, uh, you read the card, you read it yourself, it's your card, okay, you tell me what you, f- you see because it's abstract, I don't know what is the meaning, okay, mm-hmm. but, okay, you picked it, you you can express something from inside yourself that you are not conscious about because it's a part of your brain, the the right hemisphere, which processes images, colors, shapes, okay, mm-hmm. and with the left hemis- hemisphere you have words. And you can lie to yourself. And you are used to lying to yourself and to others. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because this is what we are doing, uh, telling ourselves stories. Okay? But you cannot lie about your reactions to an image. Okay? If it alarms you, I will see it on your pulse, Mm -hmm. on your body. Okay? If I measure uh, the parameters of uh, your body parameters. So, in a way, it's a way of going beyond the blockings and getting out things from the inside. So it's a very powerful technique and it can appeal to people who wouldn't, not, uh, wouldn't uh, touch terror or at least wouldn't be seen touching terror. Mm-hmm. So I can go with this uh, to high tech uh, companies and do a workshop, okay? And I can come with terror cards. So the audience, the, the, the scope is much wider. So, for me now, it's two complementary tools I do with Ofa alone, who invented this, uh therapy card technique. I sometimes, we, we do now joint, uh workshops. She's doing her thing with therapy card, and then we need to jump beyond reason, beyond the, the, the blocking, okay? For this, we need something from another level. So, here, take a tower card, okay? This will make you jump mm-hmm. from one place where you know, Okay? So, you can use therapy cards, image cards, and to another that you can imagine, you can again use therapy cards. But to make the jump, this is beyond reason. Mm. For this, you need something from the outside. So, here we we shall do tarot cards. So,
2: the two can work together. And and in, in Israel, where you come from, therapy cards have become extremely popular.
6: Incredibly popular. A lot of people are doing their own cards. Every supermarket owner, eh? <laughs> now should, because it's very, uh, it's very uh, easy now. Ooh. No, but it's very easy. You you just draw it on your computer, you you go to a print shop, and then here you have your, your cards. It's not like uh, tw- 10 or 20 years ago, it, it was very difficult to, to get out your own cards. But also, people are using it uh, mostly in... in uh, in uh, forms of therapy which are not strict psychological uh, treatment, but 90% of the therapists uh, are working in this context. There are social workers, uh, career advisors, uh, 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 people who deal with couple relationships or uh, coaches. And they, they are using this tool of therapy cards, which is amazing because there's no book about it. It's very widespread. If you look in, in Google therapy cards, you find nothing. Hmm. Yeah? Uh, if you just sell these cards, they would be classified under Oracle cards, but they are not Oracles, mm-hmm. it's something else. Yeah? So uh, it's a completely different way of working than just getting a message of uh, the angels are smiling for you and okay. so on. Uh, so in a way, it's a very powerful technique, which is just beginning. So I'm excited by this because uh, when things are beginning, you can invent things by your own,
2: and what you invent, you will have it. And taking the the, the psychological approach one step further, you studied with Alejandro Yudorovsky in Paris, yes. who really has that whole psychomagical idea and approach to things. So if we go from the psychological to now into the psychomagical, can you tell us a little bit, one, about studying with him? He has quite the reputation and lots of rumors about what he was like and that kind of thing, but what it was like to study with him and what his approach and perspective really brought you and how that influenced you.
6: Uh, Alejandro Khodorovsky that I studied with three years in, in France in the 80s He's uh, somebody who came from cinema, from surrealist art. So in a way, in in his heart, he's an artist. Okay, but he also uh, does tarot and psychomagic and uh, working on uh, family history. So it's very powerful uh, uh, things because he's in a way he's a master. He can uh, he can create a whole uh, performance. From Tao, from people acting out uh, their dramas, and he's using also this idea of magic, which means you do actions, symbolic actions on objects, yeah, which are meaningful for you, with a psychological percep perception. For example, if you think, if you realize, and this you do by cards, by working. Yeah, on your family history, if you realize that there's some trauma of your father that you are living, eh? you inherited and in you're living, so, okay, now let's do some magical act that I invest my feeling and my efforts in it to repair. Whether eh? so they'll go to the grave and do something there or plant a tree or bring it... Uh, uh, a seed to where your family family came from, or disguise yourself as somebody else, and uh, walk in the Mm Champs-Élysées in the broad daylight, or things like this, which are very powerful, because they use the logic of of magic, which is, again, something of thousands of years, Mm -hmm. but with a psychological perspective. You want to not to make uh, your cow... uh, healthy or the cow of your neighbor sick as people, in, uh, in uh, ancient times with magic but no you want to do it to uh, repair some family trauma and heal yourself and heal your environment in, in this way from emotional traps and of course is uh, Jodowski is a very complex person himself he has a lot of family drama mm-hmm. which is which he puts out in his uh, in his uh, uh, films. Right? Mm-hmm. He has a new film now. Uh, there's a fascinating film about him, Jodorowsky's Dune, it's about the greatest uh, science fiction film never made. Yes. It's fascinating because you see all his grandeur, how mm-hmm. he can uh, move things, incredible, get uh, Salvador Dali to play the Mad Emperor, yeah. right? <laughs> and how... But yes, but it's bigger than life, so it cannot be realized. It 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 has to fall apart at some stage because it's too much. Eh? Mm-hmm. He he has done a, a project, a film with galactic proportions.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Okay, it's too big for planet Earth. <laughs> so in a way, it's somebody yes, but it's somebody who has who has this broad vistas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is something that I, I was very imp- I'm still very impressed by by this person. It doesn't
2: they come out in his writing. So, do you find, do you incorporate some of his thinking, some of his techniques or approaches <clears> in the way that you now work with the cards, like the therapy card and Tarot as well? What
6: I learned from him, and I apply uh, several things, which I modified in my way. Uh, from him, what I learned is to read, first of all, the Tao de Marseille. Okay. Because from before I met him, I was using a wider away style mm. card, okay, with fixed interpretation, structured spread, okay, where every card has its role, okay. And from him, what I saw is that you can, with three cards from the Tower de Marseille, the main suite, uh, you can open up a person and penetrate very deep into his mind, into his psyche, into his life, and then put him back again, mm-hmm. in a better shape. And I saw him do it. So it was amazing. And from him, I realized how deep the Massey goes if you don't limit yourself to fixed interpretations, but you follow the, the design, you follow the pictures. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that what you have in the Tao, tower, English Tao-like, uh, uh, right away you have the structure of tarot okay? you have the symbols of tarot you don't have the pictures they modify the pictures mm-hmm. but when you go to the tarot de Marseille you have the design the structure and the magic of the details of the pictures so in a way it's much more powerful you can have a lot more reading from a Marseille card and this I learned from Jodorowsky uh, what I do today that I did not re- directly learn from him is to connect the picture together eh, how do they look, how do they move with each other, he started doing things like this but eh, I stress much more to to look first of all don't look at separate cards look at the complete picture Mm -hmm. and then understand how the different cards relate to it this is one thing, the second thing that I realized, this idea of psychomagic I'm more classical when I do psychomagic, I prefer. No, I I don't do theater like he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not such a genial, Meteran thing like is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm more classical, okay? Because uh, some rules, uh, the separation of the space, uh, yeah, entering, going out, okay? There's ritual, and these rules of the uh, ritual are universal. You can find them in almost every every culture. So say okay, let's follow this kind of rules. Mm-hmm. Okay? And try to adapt our our needs to to this general structure. Uh, so I'm more classical in psychomagic but the basic thing is and this I first uh, the time I realised from him that magic and psychology are not two different realities. They're two different languages for the same reality. Mm-hmm. So now in my book when I write, try to explain for example the shuffling what is the shuffling it looks simple but it's very subtle this idea of what goes on when you shuffle the card. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I speak there about uh, psychological logic okay? mm-hmm. uh, psychological reason and magical reason. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you want to understand why the person has to shuffle the card himself why is it important? You can explain it psychologically. You can explain it in a magical language. It's not two different things. Mm-hmm. It's two different
3: languages to understand the same phenomenon.
1: And with that in mind, so with
3: that in mind uh, your book, uh, Tarot, The Open Reading, uh, presents an approach to working and reading the cards that you developed. Can you offer some insight into what the open reading system is and um, when and how it can be effectively used?
6: Yes, I use it in reading and in workshops. I don't read in a different way today. What I mean by open reading is that, uh, first of all, I don't know beforehand what the card will say, what the card will mean. It's not something fixed, because there's an image there, there are details. And in a reading, suddenly I will notice something in the details that I never saw before. Mm. Suddenly, a relationship between uh, two uh, figures, yeah? I, how they look at each other. Something, sometimes I look, uh uh-uh, there's something suspicious in the way that they look on, at each other, okay? Mm-hmm. And at other times I say, okay, so there's love here, you can see in their faces, okay? Mm-hmm. So I let my feelings uh, express themselves through the details that jump to my attention in the reading. And this is why I never know what the card will say the next time I I see it. Mm-hmm. I just have a, a now a lot of experience and many stories av- around this card that I can draw from. Mm-hmm. But they can always surprise me. Also, I don't read separate cards. I look at the complete picture, how the cards relate to each other. How they tell a story, like a comics,
1: mm-hmm. Okay?
6: Like a old time uh, paintings which were not perspective but uh, symbolic Okay, so how do the figures relate to each other how do they look how do they approach each other do they get apart do they block, do they connect okay? do the lines in one or shapes in line one card pass smoothly into another okay? do they have a common ground is it something which connects in the sky okay? mm-hmm. Uh So, every time it will be different, and I look at the complete picture and try to understand what each card means, because I'm not using spreads with fixed uh, uh, interpretation, with fixed rules. This is the past, this is the present, this is the future, okay? This is what is for you, this is what is against you, Uh, because when you do such a thing, you read each card separately, and then you try to connect them together. And what I do is the opposite. First, see the complete context and then try to understand the details from the relation to the concept. So it's much more organic in a way. eh? You don't uh, connect the whole from the parts, but the whole exists as a living entity. And then you can try to understand what is the relation of each part, what what does it tell you. So this is my my way of reading today.
2: And this is one of the reasons why you're a proponent of, say, cutting off borders and cutting off keywords from cards. Now, this is a different thing. I
6: can use keywords yeah, in some context because sometimes it helps people focus, but in therapy cards, yeah, not in therapy there is a structure there. And the structure is part of, of, uh, of, what, uh, of the power of the cards because it's a very subtle relation. I go into this in my book between order and chaos, okay? There's some part which is very ordered in, in the tarot, the structure, yeah, for width, uh, number, okay? And some part which is chaotic. The, uh, uh, the writings are uh, abnormal, or something non-standard in this card, or in that card, or this card has no name, or that card has no number, yeah? So there are many things which break the pattern. And this is the symbol of life. It is order and pattern, but also breaking. Order and chaos. Okay? So we are a lot of theories today about the edge of chaos and the dynamic evolving system, which is really very connected. This, this for me, explains why the tail is so good at representing life. Okay? It has its structure, it has its chaos, mm-hmm. okay? and it has its interplay. But uh, in, ter- in therapy cards, okay, then you let people do it. So they have to relate to the images. And then, in this kind of work, uh, the words are a problem. Because the words are the known part of your brain. The part you already... Yeah, you already are telling yourself a lot of words all day long. Okay? That certainly So is. now I want to <laughs> put the words besides and go through the images. So it's a different thing. I don't like words with terpical mm-hmm. but with uh, terror you have the titles. The titles are a word of themselves because they are not correct French they have a lot of abnormalities. <laughs> you can find a lot of uh, subtle meanings in the in the way things are written in the in the way, in the non-standard orthography uh, eh? mm-hmm. some kind of points or, or lines on the on the titles. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can play a lot with this, so it's not really words, okay? It's some kind of uh, 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 letters, and uh, like in Kabbalah or in deconstruction theory, that okay? mm-hmm. you can take apart the letters and construct them again.
2: Okay? And so if somebody wanted to use tarot cards for the therapy card approach, then we would want to take off the borders and the keywords, so that you're just using the imagery from those cards.
6: Uh, I keep avoiding uh, rules because uh, today we shall work with uh, uh, image cards, like therapy cards, and they have titles. But it's good they are in French. We are not in France. Okay? <laughs> no, it means a lot because there is there is a title there, okay, which is the roi de bâton, okay. But it doesn't jump to your consciousness so easily because it's in a foreign language. So, even if you know what it means, eh, Mm -hmm. it doesn't impress your consciousness in the same uh, immediate way. So,
2: it doesn't disturb me so much. Mm -hmm. So, to, to finish, we were going to see if you might be willing to do a little something. So, if we pull a card, and the idea is to say... What what does the future hold for where the direction of Tarot and perhaps therapy cards but Tarot divination and oracular work is headed as we move forward into the future?
6: First of all, I have to say something about the future because some, a lot of time we read tarot for the future. Okay? Mm-hmm. The future is now. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not our expectations, it's our project, it's the it's a potential which exists now. Okay? If you get consciousness about it then you can change the future Mm -hmm. so the future is not something which is will happen Mm -hmm. the past is now Mm -hmm. is how you interpret you can change the past you can change the future Mm -hmm. because the past is not something fixed it is what you take from the past how you understand the past you can heal your past Mm -hmm. and you can change your future so now, when you ask me the future, so future is something open. But let's see what are the seeds of the future. Here we go. What is being created? And I see here yeah, it's a sun card, okay. And the sun, you see a big sun looking at uh, yeah, straight in the face. It is full of light and rays, okay. And there are two children here. One of them looks a little like he's blinded by the light, okay, he he's groping like this. Mm-hmm. He has a hint of a tail behind, which says, okay, something which is not yet developed, maybe it came just out of the, of the devil card, where they also have this same bend on their neck and, uh, and tail, mm-hmm. okay? But now they are more illuminated. And there's somebody else who is standing on a white surface, which means he's already in some kind of uh, a different space. It is open to the right, which means advancement to the future. And it's like, in one hand, he's touching his neck, like showing you the way. In the other, uh, uh, pointing to the right, okay, to the direction of advancement. And uh, they're also looking at each other, and the one who is led is touching the heart. Mm-hmm. of the one who is leaning. But they are both more or less on the same side. Okay? So, if I compare this to the uh, Le lepap okay? Le is a teacher. Okay? He's very parochial. He's very, he has authority. Okay? He's teaching you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which you can...
2: in English is the hero font. The mm-hmm. yes,
6: yes, yes, the, the high priest. Yep. Uh, and uh, if You, you, you can accept his matches, okay? If not, go out, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) There are two students there, one is receiving the knowledge, one is a little rejected, okay? Here, no, we have the light. The light is shining on all of us. The sun is giving light to everybody, Mm -hmm. okay? And we help each other here, but from the same level, okay? If I I'm a little more advanced in one, uh, than you in one area. Maybe you are more advanced than me in another. Okay, But we can help each other. So for me, when you say this, I see this as therapy, okay? helping each other, but from a position of equality, of basic equality. We are all humans. Mm-hmm. It's not one is a master and one is the... Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'm a psychologist. I learn German and I have all this. Uh, uh, <laughs> heavy books in my library, <laughs> and uh, I can tell you what's wrong with you, and <laughs> you just accept what I what <laughs> I'm doing. No, we are ju- we are all humans. We are all groping. Mm-hmm. None of us is perfect. Okay, the sun is above us, but we can use the light, which is everybody else heard, and help each other mm-hmm. to advance. And if you notice, this is what we did in in yesterday with the therapy mm-hmm. cards. There was not one person reading to another. There were two persons reading to each other. I was not reading the cards for anyone. People were reading cards and interpreting for themselves and helping each other. Mm. So there's not one who who has a knowledge and one who is receiving. We are helping each other because we are all like children in the same world, which is
4: magical
6: and mysterious. And scary sometimes, and uh, and
3: exciting. Beautiful. Thank thank you for that reading. Thank you very awesome. And then uh, just to close, if people are interested in finding out more about you, your book, uh, the work that you're doing, how can they? How can they do that? Well, easily because there's internet today.
6: What? <laughs> so yeah. my English website for the cards and for the book is CBD Tarot. Yeah? Mm -hmm. c-b-d-t-a-r-o-t dot com or you can just look up my name Yoav Bendov y-o-a-v b-n-d-o-v there's one Yoav Bendov who is a painter and artist that's not me (laughs) but you will see uh, if it's physics
3: or uh, terror it's me Wonderful. so you'll get that and are you teaching any more workshops coming up in the future or what does the future hold for you in Israel,
6: in Israel, uh, now in this uh, uh, autumn, uh, the first time it happens, me and an astrologer named Yaron Livne, we are giving an academic course in astrology and Tao. It's the first time in in Israel. It's not a, a curricular program. It's uh, by some college. Yeah, that, uh, It is the first time that there will be a course with a diploma recognized by an institute, not uh, uh, the usual diploma that I print at my home home printer. A little more weight. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And in my vision, it's a way of advancement that uh, these techniques become more recognized, and I suppose it's what will happen more in the future, I hope. Wonderful.
3: Thank you
2: so much. Yes, thank, thank you very you.
1: much for joining us today. Thank you for this lovely talk. All right, and we'll be right back. <laughs> You're
0: listening to the M Historical Divination with a queer twist. With hosts Hi C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows LIVE. Find out more at facebook.com The Amethyst Oracle. Enjoy the show. <laughs>
3: Stone and Stang, a spiritual gathering for men who love men, will be held October 3rd to the 6th, 2014, at a private healing center in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Sponsored by the Brothers of the Unnamed Path, this event will consist of workshops and presentations focused on creating social change and healing through the lens of magic and brotherhood. Come and share your energy and love with your presence. Presentation slots are still available for those interested. More information
6: on this exciting weekend gathering can be found at www.stoneandstang.com.
1: Blessed be.
2: And we are back. And as you just heard a minute ago, this is the Amethyst Oracle. I'm high C. I am joined by my co-host Charlie Harrington. Hi. And hello and hopefully everyone enjoyed that conversation with Yoav Bendov. Um, for me it certainly gave a lot of food for thought in thinking about how I approach tarot and some different ideas and different perspectives to take in terms of using it and uh
3: coming to it in some slightly
2: Different angles.
3: One of my favorite things he said was that um, he studies—you uh, know—he has both physics and tarot. He doesn't actually believe in either of them, but he practices both. And I thought that
1: was...
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to look at the universe. Well, sometimes we can get a little too caught up in what we
2: think we need to believe versus just do it and see what happens. You know, it's like—and it can be mundane things like, you know. Well, I don't believe that that person will like me. Well, just go ask them out and see what happens. Just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it may not be true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do want to remind people that if you would like to get a reading during the show just a little bit later, uh, you can do that and you can get into the queue for that by Skyping in from the show page or you can call 646-716-5510. And that will get you into the queue in order to receive a reading live right here on the air with Charlie and I in just a few minutes. So this brings us to our Living the Queer Life segment and just to remind people that we call it Living the Queer Life segment not having to do necessarily with anything related to sexuality but because if we... Determine that there is no normal, then that means everything is queer. And so queer really just means being our most authentic and eccentric self. And living the queer life, we pull a card in order to see how we can best and most fully live and express ourselves as ourselves in the world in the coming month. Mm. And I did mention Venus in Leo. And Venus in Leo is like throwing fuel and fire onto the flames of passion and romance, love and desire. What well, doesn't that sound exciting? Um, <laughs> and it And it starts today and it will go through uh, September 5th. And this is, it, it really is just heating up those realms of love and sensuality and intimacy. And it's encouraging us to really um, stir things up in the love department, bring a little bit of excitement and surprise back into it. We came out of Venus and Cancer, which is all about, let's just sit on the couch and cuddle and, you know, lightly nibble on each other's ears. Venus and Leo basically says, okay, enough of the cuddling. Now, throw me up against the wall. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It is time to get busy. So enjoy the next month. Take advantage of the next month. If you're in relationship, you know, really use this to deepen the connection, but also to really spice things up a bit and bring a little bit of fire and (laughs) va-va-va-boom into the relationship, especially in areas and ways that maybe it's gotten a little mundane. And if you are not in a relationship and looking for either relationship or just a fun night, this is a really, really good time to auspicious time, we could say, to be out there making that happen, looking for that, um, not being shy, uh, going after what you want, just really putting yourself out there and being bold and making the first move. Uh, Because you'll probably find that it will, you'll you'll probably find more receptivity than you anticipate or give yourself credit for if you are willing to just go for it. And, you know, we talk about that a lot around love and relationship because of Venus. But there's also a sense of anything that we really feel drawn to. this is a very energized time for going after that and making that happen. Uh, So it's, it's really about getting out into the world and uh, not being hidden away, not shying away from the spotlight, but really putting yourself out there and just going for it because you'll probably find that you will connect with who and what you need to, to be successful. Which, brings me to my card. I know you will have a card as well, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to use that as my segue into the card that came up for me for living the queer life during this month, because it is the six of wands and six of wands traditionally is thought of as a card that represents things like success and victory. So it really shows us this fired up period for being able to be successful in the, the personal endeavors and things that we really long for and desire and connect to. Um, and six of wands for me is, I always call it the Alexander the great card because it reminds us that we have to be the ones taking the charge or taking the lead. We have to be the ones going after what it is that we want to conquer it, to uh, challenge it rather than being passive or waiting for it to come to us. So, don't hold back. And, and I also often see Six of Wands as a card that comes up when it says it's time to step into more of a leadership role. It's time to challenge ourselves to take on additional responsibility or move into a role or position that is greater than what we are currently in, um, just like if whether it's a promotion or going after something that allows us to advance um, our position in some way whether in an organization or a company or in our own life with someone, it's kind of taking the charge, taking the lead to go after that, but also to make things happen. And it also encourages us that we will be recognized and acknowledged for who we are and what we do, uh, that we will be receiving the credit that is due us, uh, but we can't receive that if we haven't actually gone out and put ourselves in the spotlight and been willing to go after it. But you do that and you're going to be seen, you're going to be acknowledged, you're going to be successful in some way. So whether that's on a personal level, on a career level, put yourself out there this month. Don't be afraid to go after what you want and make sure you're the one leading the charge. Don't be a follower, be a leader, uh, and you will find that you will probably be able to easily rally the troops of support around you to help you Move something forward and
3: accomplish what you set out to do and over to you well, hello there, well, first, I just want to say yes I, I you know I've never thought of Alexander the Great for the Six of Wands, but that just makes so much sense because these all of these 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 diffuse tribes of people you know were clearly capable of conquering so much, but it, was, it took him to bring them together, to to lead them. They wouldn't have done it without that inspiration. So I, and I, I liked everything you said about um, moving forward and conquering. And I, since you described the, this particular astrological period in, time, in terms of passion, I thought, okay, I'll read about that. Let's see what comes up. Hope it wouldn't be just death and coins. So I, I'm using the Tarot de Marseille. Uh, I was inspired, I picked up a copy of um, Dr. bendove's uh particular Marseille, which is much closer to the original than a lot of the other recent ones that have been out there. And uh, boy, did the cards come through. So uh, I think Alexander appears here again as well. It really backs up yours. Uh starts out with the uh, Ace of Wands or Assault de Barton. If I, am I saying that? high is... <laughs> An expert in French, so I'm probably embarrassing myself. But how would you say? Uh,
2: what well,
3: uh, just ask the baton, as the baton. Okay, ask the baton. Okay, and then the <laughs> three, uh, trois de baton, the three of uh wands came next. Okay. So like from the ace to the three, and then the outcome was uh the chariot, which is a uh, well, in here it's Les Chariot. But, um, <laughs> uh, so, Les Chariot, or a milk of swan, I don't know how you say it. But, um, uh, so from the Ace of Wands, this is the story about, and to me, this is the story about just wanting and going out and, not limiting oneself. So, for example, to the Ace of Wands, it's just an abstract need. It's it's not really a particular, a particular desire. Like, hmm, I really, you know, need a new job, or um, you know, I feel like this is the time for X Y Z goal. Uh, this is when people just sort of have a nameless need. Uh, for me, like it's just for me, the Ace is that, that sort of abstract primal beginning, especially the uh, Ace of Wands and. What's interesting, so the Three of Wands was next. And, I had, you know, if it had been the rider weight, I would have probably had very particular ideas about that. But I, I, refer, I deferred to Dr. Ben, uh, Joach Um And he talks about the Three of Wands uh, finding a middle way between conflicting desires. And I thought that was interesting because my, my first hit on the Ace of Wands for this time period was, don't wait to figure out what it is you want, which is, you know, how does husband one live but go forth and just kind of be moved by mood and i thought well that's okay that's interesting if it's the uh just moving forward and not settling for either or what if it's and uh sondheim fans will may, might be thinking of uh into the woods there's the the song the, the famous song by the bake, baker's wife where she talks about You know, always in your life settling for or when how come it's never and? So here that three of wands kind of backs it up. And then the chariot is sort of that whole idea of moving forward and laying claim to what you want, taken to the nth degree, to the spiritual level, to the higher level. Um, And uh, people often point out, uh, especially in modern decks, the two or or the two horses, are usually one's black and one's white before it. But in this deck, there are two gray horses. But um, what's interesting there is, again, you have these sort of conflicting desires but that you have mastered. So it suggests to me that it's okay to want, to, to not limit oneself, and to not edit down right now with all of this energy that you described, you know, with uh, Venus working her magic upon us. And it suggests to me that with that chariot, that the pursuit of passion and the spirit of adventure, which you touched on with that six of wands, is going to carry you through. I know sometimes in the past months it had been... We'd suggested, you know, a time for contemplation or understanding, but um, both your reading and mine seem to really back up the the idea that this is a time for living greatly. Uh, The chariot for me, it's, you know, heedless of danger, but also heedless of doubt Um, and like naming what you want and pursuing it relentlessly. And if for me, if, if strength is power from within, chariot is power over. And I know sometimes we, we get worried about the idea of power over, that you're taking away someone's agency. But uh, we live in, a, in a, an external universe as well as an internal one. And sometimes it is important to have the authority over what you need. Uh, the, the ability to get what you need and to take responsibility for what it is you're doing. So that's Ace of Wands, Three of Wands, Seven of Wands, Seven of Major Arcana, kind of the Chariot, Le Um as I see it. I'm not actually speaking well, French. I think I'm just gurgling <laughs> and hoping for the best.
2: Well, the fact that mine was wands and all three of yours were wands... The chariot holding a wand. Well, yes, I guess yours technically aren't all wands, but I always think the chariot is very fiery. It's very Um, much. Sometimes a cigar is not just a cigar. That's right. You know, and a phrase I would think of with the chariot is, damn, the torpedoes. So um, (laughs) it's it's just kind of like, you know, gung-ho, full steam ahead, no holding back, no holds barred kind of thing. Um, And I will say, because it was interesting to hear that, interpretation of the three of wands um, because part of Venus and Leo can also cause uh, tempers and jealousies to flare up very easily. Uh, and Mars is in Scorpio right now as well, which can really exacerbate that. Um, so if you feel as if you're caught choosing between two people or two things, you know, be really careful about not making Not throwing fuel on the spark. Notice when it's starting to happen in you, if you're starting to feel jealous or feel accusatory and don't let that suddenly consume you and run away with. And there I would go to what you said, have power over, you know, make Mm -hmm. sure that you have power over that so that it doesn't run away with itself and cause problems. Versus you recognize, okay, there's jealousy coming up. I better step away for a minute, cool down, and then come back to this rather than getting lost in the heat of the moment. Um, But I I also was, the, the combination of cards that you got also made me feel like people that are caught choosing between two people, it's time to just make a choice and really ramp up one and move away from another rather than trying to maintain all of
3: them at once.
1: Hmm.
3: Hmm. <laughs> or there's the middle way. Maybe there's something else out there for you. Maybe there's a third. <laughs> Maybe there's, you know, another but, but choice. Even,
2: but even if, mm-hmm. well, but, but even that would be the choice because it says either mm-hmm. I've, like if I have two people I'm trying to choose between, instead of continuing to be stuck in the middle, choose one and really go for that and I'll, I'll move away from the other one. But if the choice is neither one is right for me, then mm-hmm. choose that and move away from them because there is a third option out there. There is someone else out there. Um, another experience out there for you and you're holding yourself back by not making the choice in some way. Mm. But and it made me think of that when you talked about like how he, um, discusses the three of wands especially, mm-hmm. and the ace of wands being there, it's kind of like choose one, and the chariot was like and move away from another, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, excellent. I, I think the key there for this month, don't, get, don't, don't spin your wheels and let yourself get stuck in between multiple choices versus take ownership and responsibility to take action and make a choice and then just run with that choice that you've made rather than to continue staying in neutral or staying stuck because you can't make a choice. Mm. own it run with it go for it see what
3: happens (laughs) right on absolutely get what you need that's right
2: well that's very key with venus and leo i think too it's about being willing to express what you want speak your desires go after what it is you know if the other person isn't doing what you want well then you lead their hand or their head or their something wherever you need it to be don't wait for them to do it and then be disappointed later because they didn't do something you wanted them to do.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I keep that PG enough? <laughs> uh, you know, that tease that we were talking about, the, uh, <laughs> the allure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm flirting
2: with innuendo. Mm. So, I think that we will take a quick break and when we come back... It will be your chance, meaning you, the listeners, not you, Charlie, (laughs) your chance to receive a reading, and if you would like to do so, you can get into the queue by Skyping in from the show page, or you can call 646-716-5510, and that will let you get in the queue for a reading. So right after this break, we'll come back, and we will be doing readings for whoever is waiting in the queue.
0: Listening to the Amethyst Oracle, divination with a queer twist, with hosts Hi-C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. Find out more at facebook.com/slash the Amethyst Oracle.
1: I can give you all that you need, but I
2: Hi C. I am joined by my co-host Charlie Harrington Hello. And We have reached the point in the show Where you the listener have the opportunity to call in And receive a reading live on the air And we will go ahead and jump right in To the first person waiting in the queue And this is someone calling from area code 901 are you there caller from area code
7: 901? I
2: am. Hi. Hello, welcome to the show. Can you tell us your name and where you're calling from?
7: Well, I'm calling from Tennessee.
2: Welcome. And Thank what you. is it what is it that you would like to have us take a look at for you today?
7: Oh god, I don't know. I'm going. I I want to see what my um See the tarot cards stand for me. What it has for my future?
3: Particular issue is you there, want to look at, or just in general? Yep, yeah, or a particular area?
7: Okay, you can. Uh, a job. Uh, yeah, about my job. About my former employment. Sure. Mm-hmm.
3: You said former employment, right? Yes. Mhm. So, Definitely. so you want
2: us to you want us to look at something regarding where you used to work? Yes. Okay.
7: If uh, you
2: Well, but do we need to look at where you used to work, or are you wanting to look at, you know? how and when you're going to find your next job.
7: I mean, really, I want to see where I used to work. I want to see, um, you know, something happened on that job, and I just want to see uh, how that's going to work for me.
2: So are you engaged in some sort of a legal issue with them?
7: Well, I don't want to say it's legal, but... I am um, seeing what they're going to do.
2: Okay.
3: All right. I, uh, I grabbed four cards. Um, Sort of a past, present, future. And the last one is what can you do right now for your greatest and highest good? And just feel free to let me know if something sounds wrong or something sounds right. But so your past, you have the Eight of Swords, which is feeling trapped in a situation, feeling cut off and powerless. Uh, often the Eight of Swords, we're we're feeling stuck somewhere. So, me looking at this, it looks like well, your your last job was not pleasant for you. Um, the uh, the woman in the I'm using a waite deck. The um, the woman in the center is blindfolded and surrounded by swords and it feels like everything around her is difficult and people, there's no one there to help. Um, often this is a very lonely place and it, it feels like there's no one on our side in some way. So the present is the Five of Cups, which um, is the card of disappointment. Um, it usually, and in this deck as well, uh, a person has 5 cups but 3 of them have been knocked over and spilled so this person is looking back on something that happened and it didn't pan out the way they were hoping it didn't it didn't work for them it uh, the 5 of cups is when we're feeling really having a hard time moving on from something the it it, it can be emotionally kind of crushing and we know that we have other things to do. There's other great... There's other things before... There are other opportunities for you right now. You have other choices that you, you to make, but it's hard to move on to those right now because of the emotional attachment to the past. Um, am I doing all right so far?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, cool. So the future for you, as it is right now, is the Two of Swords. So... For the next few months, well, for the next little while, with the Two of Swords being there, it feels like this is not going to be resolved, this situation, like it's still going to be in limbo, it's still going to be stuck, and that there's not going to be a lot uh, of change. Two of Swords is, um, I think of the twos as desire, and this is desire for knowledge, just wanting to know. A lot of times it's when someone can't make a decision because they're want they're waiting for more information. They want the other party to say something. Uh, they want to have a bit more clarity before they move on from where they're at. But it can be... Each of these three cards, the big um, theme is being stuck, feeling stuck, feeling like I can't move on from something that happened in the past, feeling like the past has a hold on me, feeling like... Um, I can't get free, feeling like there's no one on my side. That's It's a big theme here. And then the, the the last card is what do you do right now that's for your greatest and highest good? What's the best thing for you right now? And it's the Four of Cups. So it's interesting. The Four of Cups is a card about getting unstuck, but it's about looking at what happened and seeing the thing that was missing, seeing what in that situation um, was lacking, the thing that, that wasn't helpful for you and finding it elsewhere. So it looks like if, there's any, if they're making any decisions, if there's any, anything you're waiting for from them, that it's going to be a while uh, looking at my cards before anything comes of that. It feels pretty stuck for right now. And my advice, is to not is to try very hardest not to get too emotionally caught up or held back by the former uh, employer, and to realize that you have power and that there's something better for you out there. But as far as like what what's gonna what's gonna what what are they going to do? What's going to happen from them? What's the situation there? How's that going to pan out? It just feels like um. From that end, not much changed, just just sort of being in a stuck place and things not getting any better. Like, that situation's not going to improve, but the Four of Cups just says there's something else better for you out there. But I see. How about you?
2: Um, so what I did is I pulled cards basically looking at this like a relationship. It's the same type of situation. So there's a card for you, a card for the place you worked, and what's the situation in the relationship between the two of you at this point. And, you know, for me, the big theme that's coming up is there were some bad judgment calls or somebody did not use good discernment and perhaps ended up looking foolish or taking an unnecessary risk in some way. Um, And the, the company is coming up. So your card is the reversed fool card. The relationship or the situation is the reversed judgment card. And the company, their card is the reversed hermit card. And reversing the hermit for me can indicate that something is not going to be kept inside so think of a hermit being in a cave and when you reverse it there's a sense of it's going to come out of the cave and into the light or into the world so people are going to be able to see what was there rather than it being kind of up on a mountain and hidden away someplace so it doesn't seem as if this is something that's just going to slide by or be you know tucked away into a file somewhere never to be seen by the world again Um, On the company side of things, there seems to be an indication that they may be taking some steps to bring it out or bring it to light or to do something about it rather than to just let it lie. So you might want to just be aware of that and perhaps be prepared for whatever that might mean Um, because with the reversed Fool card for you coming up next to the reverse Judgment card, it could indicate that there was something that perhaps... Uh, you did that was not exactly in your best interests and may have been risky but either didn't pay off or wasn't the right kind of risk to take. Um, And then the reverse judgment card coming next to that is kind of that idea of not having used good judgment or good discernment in that situation or gone against our better judgment. Um, So, I would anticipate that you may need to be prepared for them continuing to take steps to pursue or do something about that still. Um, there is the the two of Pentacles does come up here at some point, so there may be an ability to reach a settlement um, or or a compromise of some sort to some extent, but this is this is not finished or this is not done and the the attempt to pursue the truth or to get at the truth of something is probably still ongoing and is still going to be pursued um so it's it's coming up this way I think just so that you are aware of this is not something that is behind you it is still something that may come back to revisit you and whatever you might need to do to be as prepared as possible for that is something to take into account and to be doing at this time. So does that make any sense to you?
7: Uh, Sort of. I just... I mean, I I feel like I'm the one that uh, wants truth to be revealed. Uh, I want something to come out. Well
2: either way this is this is saying that it's not you don't have to lay down and and have nothing happen or nothing be done again i it's not something that needs to be lost into you know the darkness of a file someplace it's it's encouraging the bringing something to light around the situation so if you have it in your power to do that then it's encouraging you to do that If it's something they need to do, then it's indicating that that's also what they are going to do. So if it's something you're thinking you want to bring to light, there is an indication here that it needs to be done.
1: Mm. So
3: between the two readings, it looks, like not much going to be coming in regards to the former well
2: employer. and and i don't and I don't think there's there's nothing to indicate that you would end up like if you think that bringing it to light is going to you know um win a lot of money in a settlement or something, there's nothing here to indicate that, so it's more doing it on principle and you know like what I would see here is that they would the what could come out of it at the most is a balancing of the of the situation, so it's like if somebody got hurt, then the company will pay the medical bill. but if we try to go after and now I also want them to give me a million dollars for pain and suffering, that's not going to happen so keep that in mind because it says that may influence how much you pursue this or how hard you pursue this. Uh, It's it's worth pursuing if you just want to bring balance back to the situation, but it's not really worth it if you're going to try to do it for something beyond just bringing that balance back. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh, it does.
7: It makes sense. Okay yeah, It makes sense
2: Alright Well thank you for Your patience because I know you were waiting for a while
7: I was <laughs> for, I'm still, i continue to listen Or you, you need the phone line
2: uh, No you can continue to listen If you would like Oh,
7: okay. Yeah. But
2: it doesn't look like there's anybody else In the queue so we'll actually be Moving towards okay. the finish of the show Anyway, oh, okay. but I've lied. One person has just come into the queue, as I was saying. That is not funny.
1: Uh,
2: so you can continue to listen. I will um, mute you, uh, okay. but you certainly can continue to listen to the rest of the show. All
7: so right. thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you.
2: Have a nice evening.
7: You too.
2: And we will move along to our next caller, who is calling from area code 623. Are you there, caller, from area code 623?
5: Hello. Good night. How are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing well. We're doing well. What's your name and where are you calling from?
5: Maria. I'm calling from Phoenix, Arizona.
2: Well, welcome to the show. Hopefully you're not having a dust storm there right now.
5: (laughs) No, no, no. Rain. (laughs) Rain.
2: Oh, send some our way, please. Yes, please. We're, we're in California.
5: <laughs> oh, good.
3: Uh, so, so, how can we the... help? Yes.
5: I'm um, I'm sorry.
3: How can we help?
5: Um, I would like to know what's going to be happening in my work situation at sure. work.
3: Okay. Regarding Let
1: me. me.
3: <laughs> cool. We'll take a look.
2: And is this you? You mean what's ha- what's happening in your current work situation where you're working right now?
5: Yes, what's going to be happening okay. with me at work?
2: All right, not that you're looking for work, but in a current work situation.
5: Yes, exactly.
2: Okay.
3: here' That's how it should be one more second. what's
5: What's
2: the day and month of your birth?
5: Four one April the first. All right.
2: So are there concerns about like layoffs or that your job is in jeopardy or something like that? yeah, so the reason I asked the birth date is to calculate a year card and a year number. and the the card for your year is the hanged man. And that can often come up when there is a hundred and eighty degree shift, or when our world gets turned upside down. sometimes is the way you can think about it. Um, so if we apply that to the work situation because the year card is the umbrella over everything. If we apply that to the work situation, then there may be something happening in that realm this year that is going to cause things to go topsy-turvy, that you're going to have a 180-degree shift in direction or in situation from what you had been used to. Um, And the cards that came up for me would also really kind of support that, and that's one of the reasons why I asked if you thought uh, or had concern about like layoffs or something like that. Because the world card comes up, which is often a card of completion of a phase or cycle. So it shows us that we seem to be nearing the end of a phase or completing something. So like if somebody was a a contract uh, person, then it would show that we're coming to the completion of our contract. But then the following cards would say, and it's not likely to have uh, a, a renewal for the contract. So it may be time to start looking for other opportunities rather than to just take it for granted that our contract is going to be renewed. Um, because the Ace of Pentacles comes up reversed, which can indicate that it's time for us to do something new or there's nothing left for us to really uh, get or to reap from where it is that we're at. It um, can also indicate that we may may not be doing the right thing and that it may be time for us to start thinking about doing something else rather than to just keep, you know, plugging away and plugging away at doing this. Sometimes we do that just because it's what we know, Um, but it seems as if it may be time for a change, which would also go to that hangman card. Um, And in the short term, the five of pentacles comes up, and the five of pentacles can be a card that can represent things like, uh, you know, job loss or something like that, but the tower card is reversed after that. So it shows us that even if that was the case, the tower card tends to be about um, major upheaval and like our world falling apart around us. But the fact that it's reversed, meaning it came up upside down, shows us that it's more like, well, here, I'm from California. So upright, the tower is a 10.0 earthquake, and the reversal is like a little 3.0 trembler. So Mm -hmm. there's likely to be some sort of a, Change or shift in terms of the work situation, it probably won't have nearly as dramatic or traumatic of an effect as it might feel or seem that it would right at the moment that it's happening. So just relax into it and take it as an opportunity to think about going a new direction or doing something new that you've thought about doing but hadn't pursued because you were comfortable in what you were doing. Um, and and really kind of think about that hangman card which says flip things on their head, go 180-degree different approach, different perspective from what it is that you had been doing, and you may find that new things start to be uncovered in terms of opportunities and uh, growth and that kind of thing. Um, New things may start to be uncovered as a result of making that shift rather than just trying to stay in the same thing.
5: Wow. Wow. <laughs> what a reading. Good reading.
2: <laughs> well thanks. Um, but <laughs> we 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 can certainly get a little bit more information about that by
3: going over to Charlie and seeing what well, came well up there. for him around this as well. It's interesting. So there's a lot of rough cards, but they tip it it seems like the roughest stuff has happened. Um the Three of Swords is in the past, and in this deck, it, it it just shows in the past that there was some unhappiness and some feelings of what am I doing? What what what? Why am I not moving forward? Why why are things so stuck? Um, and the present card I get is the Ten of Swords, which is a high stress time. It Swords is mental the mental suit and as you may know and when they get to the 10 it's just so much mental stress so much overthinking so it's like it's it's time to unplug something that's uh, causing some of the stress so had this been the third card i would be more worried but it just if being the present it just shows that the struggles of the past have led to a real stressed out present and You're going to move forward from that. The it's funny. So High C calculated your birth card as the um, was it your year? Sorry, your year card as the Hangman, and that's the card for your future in my reading. So it went Three of Swords, Ten of Swords, Hangman, which represents um a big change in perspective, but it it doesn't often feel it doesn't doesn't always feel like. Real active, making the changes that I want in a strong way right away. It just represents a time for needing some some uh, uh, some some insight. So another way, some new perspective. And it, it's interesting. The, the, the last card, the card I drew for like what can you do right now, is Temperance, which would be great if I could say you know just go forth, do what you want, don't let anyone stand in your way. But Temperance is not that card. Temperance is about holding your own right now and finding the time that is right. And, yes, there's been a lot of stress. So one of the things, temperance, it's directly underneath that Ten of Swords, which represents that you physically need to, uh, my recommendation. It would be physically to take some time for yourself, like a, like a mental health day or a PTO or get some... Bit of a vacation time, or, or or something, so that you can unplug and give yourself a break from that stress. I don't think that that stressful situation is leaving quickly. It's going to still be around, and it's so definitely with temperance being there. It just physically like needing needing a breather, needing a break. But also temperance represents that um, this difficulty. Is changing and shaping you, and it is creating the skills in you to have a better future, to to move beyond this, to to um, make the change that you do want. So, not right, not not straight ahead in the future. Do I see a lot of big success? But this, the the, the worst parts, from what I'm seeing, right are. are just in, are in the present. So this is a is a rough time, and I want to acknowledge that's probably a really stressful time, but this will this too shall pass, and that that hanged man coming forward again. It's not an super active card, but it's a card of change, this changing perspective and uh, preparing you to move into something better.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. And
3: I and I think a, a big theme that is coming through here with
2: both the hangman showing up and and also that temperance card. Um, and the ace of Pentacles reversed that I got, um, is patience. Because it's not so much about something that you do as it is waiting for and allowing for it to happen when it does, but you having done your internal preparation to say, if and when this happens, I'm now going to go this direction or I'm going to go and do this or I'm going to go and do this. Not so much to jump the gun on it, but to wait. And the fact that that hangman card came up kind of as a future card for Charlie's cards says that the big, in terms of the work realm, the big theme or the big aspect or the big lesson that the hangman is about for you this year in that realm is yet to come. So it hasn't happened yet, but it's we're moving towards it and it's getting ready to start manifesting in that realm of your life. And if I was, Thinking of, I tend to think of the temperance card as, as a watery card. I know some people think of fire, but I t- think of water. So if I think of that as the next water sign, and then I look at the cards, especially for the short term with the five of pentacles for timing, then I would anticipate that this is probably something that's going to happen uh, around the, the mid to late October time period. Wow. So use this time, like Charlie was saying, It's kind of a breather in the sense of we know it's coming, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do about it, and we don't want to necessarily jump the gun and try to do something before it's the right time. So use Mm -hmm. this time to just be thinking about that hangman perspective of what is it that I would want to do if I was suddenly free and could go and do something I've been thinking about but haven't pursued, or how can I change my perspective on what work means to me and what would I do with that if I suddenly found myself having the freedom or the space or the opportunity to to flip that around from what I've been doing previously. So I would anticipate it's probably in that mid to late October time frame and use this time right now for your own kind of internal processing of what that will look like if and when it does occur rather than you working too hard to
3: try to make it happen. And one thing I see you mentioned before the reading, he asked about whether or not there was a worry about a layoff or something, uh, some reorganization going on in the company. The Ten of Swords could indicate that. It could, it could say that there is a, you know, the Ten of Swords is something often coming to an end. So that's possible, but there's nothing that you can do to change that part. So don't put that on yourself it's not, it's, it's bigger and there's, that it's not your, there's not a secret thing that you can do right now to prevent something like that. It's just going to be about you moving, you know, with patience on to the next great thing. Does that make sense? Well, um. It might not.
5: Yes, I Can I Do you feel something Well, you, you got the Five of Pentacles That is lack of money I understand that And loss of job um, Are you feeling something Regarding money Although you, you said that It was going to be like A 3.0 earthquake So that's a good one
2: <laughs> Well, right So it, it, it's, it, it's an immediate You know, you feel it In the immediate moment And sometimes when people suddenly, because Five of Pentacles is kind of hitting that rock bottom place. So that's why I think the mid to late October is going to be kind of the bottom point. And then from there, things start to go up. And the fact that that reverse Tower card is there would indicate that even though it may be kind of a a momentary financial panic or financial hit, it's not a long-term major difficulty or upset in finances. So, you know, it's like if somebody gets laid off from a job, they may have to cut back on some things for two or three months until they find another job. And then they find another job, and now things start to to balance back out. They catch up on the bills fairly quickly, and and it's fine. It's more like that than it is, you know, two years without a job, and now I've lost my house, and, you know, I've had to file bankruptcy and everything else. So I'm not necessarily worried about long-term major financial upset. It's just, Kind of a momentary thing and a very short-term thing because it's in the short-term position. So it says financial difficulty would be short-term rather than long-term.
5: Oh, I, I'm so grateful to you. This is <laughs> this? is what I needed to hear, and um, your reading makes sense. According. I also read the cards of your destiny the, from Robert Lee Camp, and it, it coincides. It's describing like the same thing that you are describing. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, excellent. That that just means <laughs> it's asking you to pay attention to the the information or the message that you're getting right now, um, because it's in some ways it may just be. Pay attention that we're giving it to you from different places to try to reassure you. It's a short-term hit, not a long-term problem. Therefore, just relax and breathe through it, rather than panicking and doing something in, 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 in like reacting ahead of time. Um, versus just relax, have a little patience, and it's going to be okay.
5: Okay, uh, I'm speechless. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you a lot.
2: You're welcome. Thank you very much. And God bless you. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Well, I believe that that takes care of the people who had called in for readings this evening. So it will bring us. to our time to say farewell, Charlie.
3: Fairly well, but not for too long because I'll see you again at the Bay Area Tarot Symposium coming up at uh, later in August. And if there's That's any Bay true. Area or people who can get to the West Coast, folks listening who are interested in improving their tarot game and hanging out with uh, other enthusiasts, some of and them luminary. pretty prominent, luminaries. luminaries, people like us. Um that's uh stop by the uh Bay Area Tourist Symposium in San Jose, California. I believe it's the twenty fourth ish, twenty fourth ish. Uh and twenty third and twenty fourth, Saturday and Sunday. Yes. And if you do, say hello. <laughs> we'll be there and maybe we we'll can even record something with you for the show. Yes, just
2: just ask around, just say have you seen Hi-C? Have you seen Charlie? Everyone
3: will know who you're speaking of. Yeah, our phone numbers out. will be prominently displayed in most bathroom stalls. So, <laughs> yeah. we can, yeah. Anyway, it has been a
2: real And for flight. you women, just ask around.
3: For the women, just ask, around. <laughs>
2: just ask around.
3: Anyway, good talking to you again, Hi-C. Really uh, big thanks to Carrie Paris, the lovely Carrie Paris, aunt, who arranged our meeting with Dr. Yoav Bendov. And a big thanks to him for... Agreeing to do that interview was tremendous, and uh, and, we will
2: look, and we will yes, and we will look forward to having you join us again here. Amethyst Oracle is every second Tuesday of the month, so our next show will be on Tuesday, September ninth eight p m Pacific. We encourage you to be there, otherwise how will you even know how to live your life for the next month without being able to hear us giving you your guidance through the cards? I
3: shudder to think of it.
2: I, I do. So thank you, Charlie. Thank you to everyone listening. And we will look forward to being with you on September 9th. Nemesis, the amethyst
1: oracle divination, divination, divination with a queer twist.
7: The
1: amethyst oracle.
0: Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows Live. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carosella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows Live for Convergence with John Carosella. Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m.